Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We are your hosts, Adriana M.A. and Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing forth the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journey. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified for launch of an episode every Tuesday. On today's podcast, really excited to welcome with us in person, special if you're watching this on video, uh, Amanda Jean. Amanda is an American abstract expressionist painter based in Quebec City in Canada. She paints to find freedom, calm her anxious mind, and remind herself that beauty can be found in chaos. She paints to find her place in the world. She graduated from the New England School of Photography in 2005, and a few years back, she began her journey as a self-taught abstract painter. Amanda paints and travels at various art events, including paint battles in parts of Canada, as well as Massachusetts and North Carolina. And today she is joining us in person here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Thank Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Our first ever in-person guest. Yes, so exciting. Exciting for both of us. Love Excellent. it. <laughs> How many episodes in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a pandemic in between. Yeah, yeah. So there is that. But um I think most of the guests that we bring on the podcast, we met them or we reached out or we went to an event, they were there. Amanda was the opposite. Amanda actually found us. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how you found us? Was I the did, podcast I first? I did. I actually went back and looked at it because I saw this question. I was like, great. How did I first meet them? <laughs> I actually think I found your Instagram first Aww. and sort of follow you on Instagram, heard about the podcast through that, found the podcast. And like listened to all of the episodes you had released up to that point, like binged them. That's oh. amazing. And then that's when I heard about the Level Up membership. And I was like, yes, that's what I want. Oh, awesome. yeah. the power of social media, that's everyone. Right. That's right. People rag on Instagram. I say, no, 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 I love Instagram. It's true, especially like in the arts community. Like it's not just stalking people on social media. You're networking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just working on my digital networking. Yeah. Okay, stalking amazing articles. So <laughs> we are so glad to have you as a listener on the podcast. And as you mentioned, also in level of artists on our weekly live calls. I've gotten to know you and your work. But how would you describe your work to someone who hasn't seen your artwork before? Uh, just someone that hasn't seen it. It's chaotic. I use a lot of bold colors um, and a lot. That's pretty much it chaotic and bold and kind of the kind of piece my goal is to make, create something that forces you to stop and look at it and take a minute out of whatever you're doing to just be in the moment with the with the art so that's super awesome yeah. no I love that um and also on some of your videos on social media and whatnot I like sometimes it looks like you're dancing oh, yes. and you're just like in the mood so it isn't just like chaotic colors all of I don't know, Pollock, let's go with that. Right. There's actually more to it. Like there's movement, there's rhythm, there's yep. like this energy that you're using. Absolutely. It. So I listen, yeah, I listen to a lot of music while yeah. I paint and um, or I hope canvas. that that reflect, reflects in the canvas because that's why it's sort of my goal to make music visible almost sometimes. Yeah, I think it so. does. I definitely think it does. But before you started painting, yes. uh, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, you did go to school for photography. I did. So how did you get into photography and what kind of photos or, or events were you most interested in taking at the time? Uh, 
photography I first actually got into because I finished high school, couldn't find a job, and was looking through the paper, and my mom saw a job for a school photographer and said, you like kids? You're kind of artsy. How about this? And that's where I first started uh, looking and thinking about the idea of photography. And then from there, I took a class at the museum, fell in love with the dark room, and then decided to go to school for it. So that's super cool. And I feel like that's kind of where some people's creative passions start. You kind of stumble into it, mm -hmm. or it's like one little seed that's planted out of necessity or convenience or just I don't know, by random act of chance. And yeah. then you're like, wait, what is this creative life looking like? Yeah, and it's been really interesting as I was thinking about this, the, the switch from photography to painting, uh, because I started out doing portraits, school portraits, and then did portraits for a long time. I studied and majored in portraits and weddings. Mm -hmm. So I used to do weddings. Um, I did newborn portraits, family portraits, things like that. Um, so definitely more like commercial, yeah. like job focused. And I went to focused. a school that was, uh, sadly it is no more, but it was a two-year professional program. So it was really okay. more of an eye toward making it a career that you could actually make money at, not as much high art. Which it's, it's, you can make money at that too, but it's right. a different, different path. The more traditional, hey, I'm going to hire you for X event, you yes. document X event, and then you deliver photos. Yes. And probably because of the way I was raised, I was like, well, I need to make it. I need to make money. So right. <laughs> I need to have a job at the end of this. And that's why I went sort of more in that direction rather than the fine art uh, at first. So, yeah. So yeah. what was that challenge like switching from photography to painting or what made you first become interested in shifting to painting from photography? Well, I did photography for many years, um, not professionally. I mostly did it for myself, um, pictures, pictures of my kids, and I kept a personal blog for a lot of years and um, documented all of that. Um, but then I sort of got burned out of photography and moved away from it. And then I uh, was sort of dabbling in all different sorts of media all different creative pursuits I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in I knew it wasn't photography but I tried you know embroidery and drawing and <laughs> painting and all this stuff but the the painting once I tried it there was no going back yeah I was like yeah no this is it this is what I like this is perfect <laughs> yeah and I'm sure just being like of course being a creative mind and having that vision but like it's a very different process being so much more tactile than Absolutely. photography. Yes. And I, it's, it's interesting because I find myself doing a lot of the same thing, looking at things the same way as I would uh, talk in mm -hmm. photography. Cause in photography, I would line up my shot, look for repetition mm -hmm. in the shot and see where the light's coming and watch where the focus is pulling. And I do the same thing in painting. It's just with a different medium. Which makes sense because a lot of the same of elements the same. of composition and design mm -hmm. are about the same. Like yeah. golden ratio can be used. Yeah, well. absolutely. Or yeah. There, there's a whole bunch of them, but that that's Yeah, it wasn't. Out. It wasn't that. It didn't feel like that big of a shift. I'm still using the same parts of my brain that that uh, like I said, that pattern recognition and watching where light comes from and things like that. So that is super super awesome. Yeah. How about like in terms of the process itself and figuring out what you wanted to portray, whether it was through a photo versus a painting, do you feel like you're approaching them similarly? Like you say, I want to create a series of paintings or photos, right? 
of X particular subject. I'm going to kind of journal about this topic and then I'm going to go and get the shots slash make paintings about it. Like, are you approaching it similarly in that sense? Well, with the photography, I never really came up with projects ahead of time. It was much more documenting what was happening, mm -hmm. um, whether it be a wedding or my own kids at home, um, you know, growing up, growing up. It was sort of just documenting what was happening in front of me. Whereas with the painting, I will more come up with the topic and then kind of see it through and turn those into paintings. So it's almost like with photos, you're documenting it as it is. With painting, you're translating your experience. Yeah, and when I first started painting, I tried a lot of, like, I pull up photos and try to do a painting of a photo. Mm -hmm. And I, none of them really clicked for me, so I sort of abandoned that idea and focused on abstract art. And now I've sort of come full circle and I'm getting uh -huh. back into portraits. It's been really interesting. Yes, <laughs> having that I mean, in some of them you have a photo. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, you have it's, to take the detour like to come back. Circle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so I feel like with that journey, I mean, going from photography, of course, capturing real life, then going more tactile with painting, going extreme abstract, and now making slight waves towards portraiture work, you also have changed your process of painting too. Can you tell us a little bit about your current studio space, what that process looks like? And interestingly enough, on social media, seeing all the art battles you've been doing. So yes. what does that process look like now? Yeah, it's definitely changed a lot since I first started. It's <laughs> definitely very different. Um, so when I'm at home, my studio space, I have an indoor space and an outdoor space. Um, in the summertime, I love to be outside, so I have that space there. And um, usually, for me, like I said, with um, with my paintings, I don't plan them out visually ahead of time. It's sort of more I go into it with a feeling, with a I set the vibe, mm -hmm. and then jump into the painting and just sort of <laughs> see what happens. Um, and that's regardless of whether I'm working inside or outside, but that's sort of the main thing is creating the environment that I want to create in, mm -hmm. and then it opens up the, uh, the space for me to just jump into it and, and just create. Yeah, and you typically paint, like, do you painting by yourself? Of course, being a home studio, you're bound yeah. to have some interactions with other Indeed. kiddos or family members that come through, but it's mostly a solo yes, activity, it's, it's right? It's very much, very much just me by myself with my headphones on in the studio or and with the music the camera sometimes. And I've been trying to get, <laughs> yeah, at a certain point after a few months of getting my feet, uh, you know, getting my bearings, I was like, all right, I need to start recording these so I can kind of I, I almost played it back like game tape like see watch myself create a painting and yeah. notice what are the steps I take and I almost kind of use that to figure out my process a little bit I think um, that's a great way to do it because you're almost like you're removing yourself a bit when you watch back that yeah, footage mm -hmm. yeah and you or just like to make observations like oh I didn't realize I do this motion a lot or yeah. oh now I'm seeing this is the general trend of my process because I feel like as artists we're so ingrained and like it's hard for us to think of a process that isn't our own because it's so inherently us mm -hmm. yep. so sometimes even when we try to shy away like i'm gonna start this crazy new style and then you show <laughs> it to a friend and they're like well yeah that's absolutely your work like <laughs> even if we think you. like no one's gonna think it's consistent with my yep. style they're like no that's inherently you like you almost can't escape it yeah that's sort of how i feel with my current shift into portraiture it's like 
it still looks very much the same style, even though it's very different. Yeah. And it probably feels initially may have like felt extremely out of your comfort zone, yeah. like a huge divergence. But then looking back, you're like, oh, that was kind of that seamless transition. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Plus these videos are great too, because then you'll find a spot in the painting where you're like, no, stop, stop. No, <laughs> that was my it's, favorite it's, part. No. It's painful to watch myself yeah. screw up. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Destruction. Instead of screw up, it's a learning opportunity. There you go. I like that. I like but it's frank. good because sometimes I feel like if you see the video, you can go back and go, I could have stopped there. Yep. And I didn't have to keep going. And it's almost like a way to help train yourself in a way to say, okay, you can stop a little sooner. Yep. Let it marinate. Come back tomorrow. Absolutely. Because sometimes that's it. It is it's all you need. It's just it's a day to watch. But I feel like yep. the videos help kind of train you a little bit for that because otherwise you're like I could have gone and then it's like <laughs> wait I reached the the magic point in 20 minutes yeah I thought I was two hours in before I got yeah. there yeah but it's only when you review it but I do have to ask you like following up on what Jackie was saying because okay this is all great even when you're doing vi videos for social media right and documenting some of what you're doing you're still by yourself and you yes. can always still delete it yep versus art battle yeah and it's when you said 20 minutes, I was like, right, right. Yeah. That ties it back. Um, so how did you get started with art battles? Yeah. How were you first introduced to them? And then what is that process like? Honestly, the answer is going to be social media. <laughs> it was an ad on Facebook. Love that it. Up for an event uh, local to Quebec City, which is where I live. Yeah. And um, I was like, that sounds kind of interesting just to go to. I didn't think, uh, you know. I'm going to apply to this because that's, <laughs> that's for real artists because I <laughs> still have unquote. a little bit of that right yeah um but I kind of on a whim I was like you know what they still say they're accepting applications I'll just send one in and see and okay. I got accepted it was the first one that's been done in Quebec City so they are like it's a new newly established there right Perfect. so you don't have like many if any at all like established art right. battle it's, artists there so like everyone's exactly. probably new it was to everyone's it. first time which is great. It's great but the way it works is we have you're 20 a founder minutes. pioneer exactly. in the city <laughs> exactly yeah and now i'm a veteran because i've done all of the ones in Quebec city so far. <laughs> but it's yeah it's great it's just 20 minutes to create a painting in front it's in front of people and yeah which is a little daunting but um are there like scale restrictions? Are there, are you able to come in with like the foundation of a painting or is it like start to finish? No, nope, start to finish. They actually okay. give you the canvas. It's oh, okay. Yep, it's a 16 by 20 canvas. So they really okay. set the parameters, like the artists yep. just come in. Yeah, there are different different battle rules. Some some places do it like only with the materials that they provide. Some oh, okay. provide open materials, which are the ones I've done. I've always brought my own stuff and they're yeah. pretty flexible. Um, I know sometimes some places do a theme, which none of the ones I've done has done a theme. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so it's sort of it makes it very interesting to have in, you have a total of twelve different artists painting each time, and um, to see the way that twelve different people approach the same sixteen by twenty canvas <laughs> with the same twenty minutes, yeah. it's just it's fascinating, and I find that really interesting. Which is I think what's kept me going back, even though I have. I'm not an award-winning art battle, art battler. Yes. 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 <laughs> I've got another one coming up this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. I've learned something new every time that I've gone to a battle because the way that it's, that it's structured is there's two first rounds. So six artists go up against each other and paint. 
and then six more artists go up against each other. The top two from each of those advance. So it's like a bracket. Yeah. The top two advance to the final round what? and do another 20 minute painting. Who decides who wins? Uh, like a point system? audience. Oh, just oh, audience, audience voting. Oh, yeah. Whoa, that's savage. Yeah, so audience voting either in the bar or online. You can actually also vote online. So you can watch online and get the app. And it's yeah. kind of about who brings the most friends. That's fair. <laughs> so that's so you, fair. Have, you have no stage fright then? Uh, like, I, yes and no. Like my brain's like, I would be frozen. I'd be like, don't look at yeah. me. Well, it's interesting because I actually, like when I was in high school, I used to do theater. So like, I love being on stage. I love okay, being like center of attention. <laughs> okay. I am a that performer at art. That yeah. explains the dancing <laughs> and the videos. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and when I did my, I think it was my second battle, I did one in Boston. And that's where I sort of, and that's a more established, there's a lot of people that have been doing it for years. And I noticed that it's not just about the art. It's also about the the show the showmanship yeah. and you know engaging the audience and sort of making that be part of it and I really enjoyed the mix of that performance and art aspects so yeah that's been nice yeah my brain goes to you wearing like uni unicorn jammy <laughs> and then just like dancing and then like swishing the, the unicorn tail I don't know I mean I guess that's fine people get right? people get into it like that there I'm was sure a girl like super... at the last one I was at that did it barefoot and she was like slinging paint like all over the place in the bar and like it's really just going for it. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But it's, awesome. it's super fun. So oh, that's so cool. And so do you see that being like an integral part of your creative development professionally moving forward? Absolutely. I think what's been really good for me is they hold them monthly. So it's almost oh, right. like it's a way to meet up with colleagues because like you said, it's such a solo uh, thing that I'm doing at home in my studio by myself. Yeah. It's nice to sort of have coworkers that you meet <laughs> up with every every month to do something that's just fun. It's yeah. just a good time. And and like I said, I've seen so many new techniques that I've stolen from other people. <laughs> and uh, on. yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And then I sort of bring that into my own and, and work it into my my practice. I hope. Yeah. So. That's so awesome. And I'm sure I should say like it's a good networking opportunity with other artists, but of course exposure for you and your work too Absolutely. because i'm sure there's groups of friends or supporters that come to all of them each month or people that stumble upon it so it's nice also having that consistent dependable event that new people can discover you by they can come find you on social media stay along exactly. with your journey and it's almost that like a, some people do markets every single month for the same mm -hmm. reason you do live events each month, which is more of that performative aspect. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. And it kind of keeps, it keeps my work from getting stale, I think, because every once in a while I have to really mm. dive in and in, with the 20 minutes, you have to really hone in on what are the key elements of this painting? Because with 20 minutes, you can't rely on layers. You can't rely <laughs> yeah. on going back and taking time. You have to really sort of know what's important and what you can sort of skip. Yep. Yeah. Did yep. you practice at all beforehand? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. <laughs> well, because I feel like just thinking about my creative practice alone, I will easily just stand in my studio and stare at a piece for 20 minutes mm -hmm. oh, oh or I do another brush stroke like absolutely. another artist walked in the other day and I was just like 
you know, just like staring at a wall in the middle of this room for like easily 20, 30 yep. minutes. Mm-hmm. Hashtag artist line. Yes. Yeah. I abs- <laughs> and when I'm at home, I absolutely do that with my work and my stuff that's yeah. not timed. I will spend the whole afternoon just trying to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the art battle, what I us- usually do is I actually create a playlist for myself that's 20 right. minutes long. And I'll oh, practice. Okay. Sometimes I'll practice with the playlist ahead of time just to sort of get in my mind. It helps me keep track of the time as well mm-hmm. to know like when, when I'm I get closer. to this song, I'm halfway. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When I get to, when I hear this song, I better pull it together because yeah. I've got five minutes left. <laughs> um, but, and then I'll listen to it a few times and run through it and do practice pieces. Um, most of my work that I do, well, that I have done up to this point has more been kind of an intuitive, style Mm -hmm. so a lot of it I don't plan out ahead of time right now it's going to be interesting to see if I bring some of this because now I'm working from photos recently Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know if I'm going to bring that and try to blend that with the 20 minutes because that's that's a whole nother challenge right I think that's what I'm going to do next time so we'll see how it goes yeah and so before we move on I am curious you mentioned like you have to kind of establish what those four elements of your mm-hmm. paintings are that you need to include for you and your work what do you feel like those core elements are like what have you learned about your style through this as like the essential elements well it's taught me to look to think more about which colors I choose for sure um Whereas when I have all the time in the world, I'll throw any color up there and use that as part of the chaos and then try to fix it from there. But I've really found myself being much more deliberate with any mark I add onto the canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to add something. There's there's not really, there's no throwaway bits when you're only got 20 minutes. Yeah, so perfect. I use a mix of charcoal and acrylics and I've used a little spray paint and some uh, soft pastels to sort of figure out the way to get the most color and layering without actually having time for layering. <laughs> yeah. You don't have time. If you're going to do thicker parts for it yeah. to dry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You got to add something else. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, 20 minutes. I think this is good training for you have five kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm just... used to creating in tiny little spurts. Well, and, and that's, that's what I want to ask you about because I'm like, it can be challenging enough, you know, for artists who are like, wait, Besides painting, I have to spend time on outreach, networking, social media, creating my website, updating product listings. Like it already is, it is. It's a lot that eats into painting time. But then on top of that, you are a primary caregiver to five kiddos. Yes. How do you make time for art? Like, do you schedule it? Like, how do you you close the door and say, y'all need to stay over there? Now they're all in school. Okay. So, like, I have. A bit of time back like I would not have been able to do this five years ago there's there's just no way okay. and they were all little and they were home it was it was too much Chaos. yeah yeah and for the uh listeners reference what is the, like that age range of your kids now? Oh, yeah, of course yeah. school age but yeah the oldest is she just turned 14 last week and the youngest is five and a half okay so um, yeah they're they're kindergarten through grade is she in now eighth grade yeah but going from I mean, newborn to eight, nine-year-old, that would not be. Oh, if I had a kid under five, there's no way. There's no way. That's why I abandoned photography as a career mm. because I was trying to do the career and trying to do the kids. And I just was like, I'm messing everything up. I'm, I'm half-assing everything. Mm. I gotta find I'm it. just going to focus on one thing. Yeah. And I think that's super valuable. I mean, 
Adriana and I both don't currently have any kids, but it's, I think that's a common conversation that I've heard from a lot of artists of, especially with Instagram, as we've mentioned in this episode, like taking so much influence from Instagram or looking at, it can be sometimes, I think, a glorified narrative of, oh, I'm like a nap time artist. So like, I just make paintings while my kids are like peacefully napping for four hour blocks <laughs> and do that? sleeping do that? through the night. And like, <laughs> <Not mine. laughs> like, I think that like somewhat toxic side of social media can make it seem that way. I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? You can't just have this huge budding art career while you're taking care of your kids. Yeah. And so I think that's a huge like, and really awesome statement to make of like every phase of life, whether it's raising a family, whether it is aspects of a professional career, just other commitments that you have and value, then it's maybe not conducive to a creative practice in every single phase of life. Yeah. And it's, I did find, I did actually make a very deliberate choice to pursue uh, my creative practice. Not necessarily, it was before I even started painting. I just, I took, I, realized that I hadn't been doing photography I hadn't been doing anything creatively and um, felt really crummy as a result so I decided to take one day a week that was my day and I wasn't going to do any taking care of the kids I mean obviously I took care of the kids (laughs) you're on your own like while they were at school you know I wasn't going to do any arranging doctor appointments or I wasn't going to clean the house and I wasn't going to do anything it was just Thursdays were sacred that was my day and even if it looked like, you know, reading poetry or listening to music or maybe taking a nap or whatever it was. I took a lot of online classes and it was just, that was my day to focus on whatever I felt drawn to. Yeah. At the time. I think that's so powerful. Just like blocking off that time, whatever you feel compelled to do. And then if it's the creative voices that come to you, then that's where it can go. Yeah. And it's so the Thursdays. I, I have fallen away from doing Thursdays. I said that Thursdays now are the call that we have with Love Flux. So that's true. So that has helped keep me on track to so having we... a little bit of accountability. Perfect. But um, I'll probably, I've been wanting to get back to more of a focus on creating on that specific day because it's sort of, it's been fluctuated a lot over the last year and a half mm-hmm. or two years, however long it's been. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's good to have a day when yeah. it's Wednesdays. And yeah. it's like, I try to minimize appointments and things like that. And it's like sacred creating day, yeah. you know, as, as much as possible. I think I've I've fallen away from doing that. And I, it's it we makes support. it more difficult. And I think it does need to come back. All right, yeah. Yeah. we support this. All right, all right. Now I have a <laughs> accountability. It's You're recorded. Excellent. excellent. It's recorded. <laughs> so currently, do you just, especially with the kids being in school, do you take time every single day to just do a little bit of something or just wait for the time to come? What does that look like? You don't have one designated day. I try to, I try to do something every day. Um, although I have not so much space for campuses in my house anymore. So <laughs> physical it's space. a little limited because I'm uh, a little bit overwhelmed because I'm prolific, shall we say, <laughs> in creating paintings. But um, I do try to do something every day. Um, whether it's paint or at least look at something or, you know, spend some time on an Instagram post because Instagram is, yes, it's like a marketing thing, but also I've been using Instagram as a creative outlet for well over a decade in my personal account. Yeah. And so I sort of transferred that attitude over toward to my professional account because it started out the Instagram just as a way to 
show my work, I wasn't thinking career-wise at all. Mm. It was just a way to connect with other artists and see other art and see where I wanted to go. So yeah, it takes a little time every day to create something. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that idea of like shifting your thought about social media and creativity of how what you share on social media can be a creative outlet in itself. Or like what concepts are you exploring with your work, but also what narratives and stories do you want to share online with other artists with future collectors um and so often a lot of what you discuss on social media and share is adhd and other mental health challenges do you mind sharing more about that with our listeners i do not mind sharing (laughs) i am very open about pretty much anything so for me with adhd um it's it's almost, I don't know how it ties into the creative practice, but I know that having a creative practice helps because um, I need to have a lot of things going on all the time. <laughs> like that's just what my brain likes. It likes the chaos. It likes so much going on. And um, I've found that if I can focus that on my creativity and it, it helps me deal with, uh, I have more patience with other areas in my life. Um, and I, Think that's important and i think that's important and that's why i share it with other people um mm. i've had a lot of people come up to me like not come up to me but like email me and say hey i love that you shared about your adhd i think i am struggling with the same things and they end up going to find help too so i've found that talking about stuff really has an impact um and help to help other people and that's one of the reasons that i find it important to continue to do that I love that. Plus, it breaks down the barrier a little bit. So if any uh, any person that wants to pursue an artistic career is like, oh, no, I can't do it because I have ADHD or like, no, yeah, you can't. Can yeah, both. yeah. Well, it, can, it can be yeah, both. It, it, it's, not, it's not easy, but it's definitely doable. Yeah. And uh, I think it, once once I figure it out, I'm, I'm very close to figuring it out, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I, I just have to laugh when I said I would come and do this podcast I was like oh it means I have to have everything figured out no. <laughs> I knew that then I realized no no I'm, I just have to you know have something of value and I think I do <laughs> yes and I think I think it can be difficult for those things whether it's a podcast interview or a um exhibition application like you almost feel like you have to have everything tied up with this perfect bow and like yes you want to put your best self forward but I think especially when it comes to social media that's where it can be so powerful as any company but especially as artists thinking about your creative practice and what you're sharing is you're just sharing your experiences you're sharing your ideas and if it helps someone else out great but especially as artists as we mentioned before like our work can only be made by us Mm -hmm. even if someone else were to try to imitate your style there's influences that you don't even know are influencing you that come out in your work and so every part of us as artists are connected to the work that we make. Mm -hmm. And so the powerful thing with social media or your website, or if you have a blog is you get to share which stories you want. And of course have all responsibility and um, the choice to hold back which stories you don't want to. You don't have to be transparent about everything if you don't want to, but Mm -hmm. if you want to share how this is part of your life and a very integral part of your ideas or your creative practice, then that's, bound to help someone else or give your future collectors more insight into the work that you make and they feel more connected to your work and they can see that in 
your brush strokes in the gestures. Absolutely. Yeah. And besides the ADHD, another thing I really manage with art is my, I have seasonal depression and I live in Canada. Ooh. So that's like a double whammy. So I get really low energy and low mood in the winter and having the painting to look forward to each day has given me sort of a, a really good way to keep myself going and keep myself on track with other things too. Because um, it's always something new, something exciting, something I haven't done before. And that's sort of what I, what I need. Yeah, I love perfect. that. And of course, you always have a home down in North Carolina, <laughs> taking road trips. That's right. To our 80 degree days in November. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> Which, that's how I survive winter is I know that I can escape every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. But um, as you're mentioning, well, we all are, you know, like social media and of course you have the kiddos yeah. and keep track of everything. There's a lot of responsibilities yes. on your plate. True. How do you keep it or attempt to keep it sustainable and avoid burnout. Yeah. yeah. Attempt to keep it is yeah. probably the key word there. Hey, it's a goal. Because I saw that question, I was like, uh, wait, I'm supposed to avoid burnout? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's just, I guess a matter of figuring out, well, it's kind of the same thing as 20 minute painting, figure out what's most important and then don't worry about the rest. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, that's making sure my kids are doing well, you know, they're happy, they're healthy enough, you know, they're happy enough and, uh, and fed and they go to school and that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just make sure that I put myself as a, a priority uh, because I did ha hit like a real true burnout like two years ago. And um the painting and being creative, the creative process helped me sort of claw my way out of that. And the more time I spend on my creative pursuits, the more energy I have to take care of my um, other responsibilities. Yeah, so, and you have your spouse too that you can rely on, right? Yes, he works from home now, which has been amazing. Yeah, so like if you're feeling the burnout level, mm -hmm. like creeping around the corner, yeah. you can say like, I need yep. a half a day, something, yep. take the kiddos Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's okay. been super okay. good. Yeah. It's, it's, we're a good team. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. No, I would not be able to, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess everybody can do it, but they need to do, but I'm very grateful to have support that I do. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I am curious because when we first met, you had just gotten back from an artist retreat that you had done. Do you mind sharing with our listeners that idea? Because I absolutely love it. Like what made you plan it and what that whole process looked like. All right. Well, that, that was right around the time that I was just hitting burnout. I didn't, I couldn't do anything. I, I just, I had that point, I was starting my Thursdays and I, I was trying to be creative and actively look for some way to, to have a creative process, but it got to a point where I couldn't fit it into the Thursdays anymore. So I, I just thought I need like a chunk of time. I need a week. I need to take some time and just, just focus on myself, not on the kids, not on the house, not on anything else, just focus on myself. Um, so I found a cabin and <laughs> I rented a cabin off Airbnb, like in nowhere still in the woods, in the, like, the mountains in North Carolina. And I drove down here in the spring and spent the week teaching myself to paint and reading and going on hikes and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was amazing. It was 
it was like the first time that I took a real amount of time just for myself. And um, it was great. I realized that this was something that I could bring back into my real life and start to incorporate the daily creative time, the making sure I have my priorities for myself, you know, that I, that I factor in. And that was just cool. And I've gone back a second year now too. So wait, I, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold on. I, I want to give people a little bit more logistics of this because okay. I think at first when uh, people mention an artist retreat, right? A lot of people might think like, oh yeah, this artist or this other company, whatever, yeah. we'll do this all inclusive. Yeah, no. Your meals are cooked. You go somewhere fancy like France or Morocco. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So for a lot of people, depending on their financial situation, they're right. like, an artist retreat is not doable. Right. But when you say a uh, cabin right, out in nowhere still, I mean, we're talking this thing's off the grid, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, no, electricity, internet, no electricity, no internet, no, no running water, oh, like, <laughs> no heating, no. maybe a fireplace. There's a fireplace, yeah, like a wood stove. So it's yep. basically like a hunting cabin. Yeah. Okay, so it's a hunting like cabin. like a fishing cabin, I think, technically. And you yeah. didn't even fly in. No, you I drove. I drove. Over 12 hours? Yeah. It was, oh, oh and it goodness. was during the pandemic, too. Like, it was questionable. The, oh, my <laughs> I God. I mean, you're just driving <laughs> to go be by yourself. So exactly. Like, that's what I The ultimate isolation. Exactly. Self-isolation. That's yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's, not, it's, it's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's definitely not something that everyone would be interested in but if it appeals to you I highly recommend so it's like a hermitage <laughs> yeah and you can kind of yeah. do your own variations of it maybe have internet or running water <laughs> where you be but yeah. like even just doing well, there was internet at the top of one hill I could go up to, inter- to the to the top of <laughs> to one hill like update, family update my Instagram alive. and let my husband know I hadn't died okay. yeah <laughs> and then walk back down the hill yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but I absolutely love that I think that's such a cool like some people need that just jolt into their creative practice and Mm -hmm. especially you having that self-awareness to know like I need to do something for me Mm -hmm. taking that initiative and recognizing that all right I can time away from responsibilities really get back down to mother nature to your roots deep in your thoughts I'm sure of like who am I? What are my priorities? What do I value? And how can I take this into Absolutely. my life moving forward? Yeah. That's definitely one of those pivotal life-changing. Trips. It definitely, it felt absolutely life-changing. And it was, it was just gorgeous start to finish. It was just, I don't know, I can't even put it. I, it's been two years and I still can't put it into words properly. Yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, what that trip did for me. It's that incredible. Is. I feel like, especially from everyone has that not rock bottom story, but it like mentally just like, what am I doing? Where you Mm -hmm. question everything. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, that's the start of their creative practice. And so I feel like your story is pretty epic. Yeah. That was epic origin stories. Yeah. It's, it's been good. Maybe one of these years I need to, uh, plan an exhibition out there yeah and that's sort of uh that might happen need to happen someday yeah Ooh, put together like a documentary type yeah. little video like, like, like a little more yeah oh yeah tied in with a whole blog it's stuff i'm thinking about yeah. painting no there's there's a lot of threads there's a book in there somewhere too i'm just trying yeah. to find it oh yeah <laughs> oh my god let it marinate a bit but yeah. i love that you have gone back and done it again and it sounds like it'll be a common practice yeah. for you and potentially Hosting your own yeah, retreat to the future. That would, that's uh, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. Uh, that would be cool. 
Oh well, we're so excited that we've gotten to know you through the past few years and that we will be on that journey with you, yeah, probably attending your retreat. One I love, yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> no, this sounds amazing. Well, obviously, this is going to change as your career progresses and you're, you know, trailblazing your way. Um, but as it stands right now, how do you define success as an artist? It's having the space to to use my creativity to process whatever I'm going through. That's sort of how I define success as an artist. Um, it's even though I've been creative since forever, as long as I can remember, I uh, I didn't start calling myself an artist until probably last year um, because it always felt too like too stuffy, too like pretentious, mm. to be like oh, I'm an artist. <laughs> and uh, I think success as an artist is, are you making art? Yes, then that's success. When you're spending the time for it, you're, yeah, you're setting the time aside, yeah. you're doing a self You're making art and it doesn't have to yeah. be, are you painting? Are you making art? Your life could be your art. Um, you know, just the way you live, the way you, keep your home, the way you interact with people, all of that is part of being an artist to me. So success is just living life with that viewpoint of life as art. Love that. Couldn't have said it better myself. So what is one piece of advice you wish you had heard before you got started on this creative journey? Just do it. Just don't be afraid to go into the fine arts section of the art store, I think, because I used to find that very intimidating. As a photography student, when I was in college, I would go to the photography, like to the to the art store, but I'd stay in the craft section. And I guess I felt I wasn't qualified. I wasn't allowed in the fine art supplies. And uh, that's yes, so you're allowed to go over there. You're allowed to buy things you have, you feel like you have no purpose like no, no, uh, like no business, no business owning. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. You don't have to be professional to buy professional paints. Yeah. Just do it. That's so <laughs> interesting because you kind of like unlocked a memory for me as well. Like being, you know, like in high school or even if it is like in Michael's craft store or a more like small art store local, then there it's interesting how they have such sectioned off areas mm -hmm. and i think so many people do stay in that craft section yeah. because there's a legitimacy of like oh who am i to be over I'm here an artist <laughs> right because it's almost like that title of oh well who do you think you are like yeah. you call yourself an artist like mm -hmm. what do you have to show for it there's this feeling or like the inner critic saying like yeah. oh well you have to prove it to be worthy to be in the aisle yeah. with yeah, the this rarefied air we have over the right. section. Please <laughs> <laughs> just paint brushes like babies play with them. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also the financial side too for some folks. Yeah. Where they're like, I can't afford anything. Else. And if that's the case, buy crappy products and yeah. splash them all over the, the place. Like, you know, you right. Yeah. It doesn't have you don't have to spend a lot of money to. Right. Yeah. My brain used to like, if anybody's listening to this and you have that apprehension to go into the fine art section, the three of us are officially giving you permission right now. <laughs> go walk in there and you can at least try to get the primaries and mix almost any color. And they sell a kit. Like, my, yeah. my first started painting, the first painting I ever did 
It was on a 16 by 20 that came in a three pack with a like little sample pack of like Perfect. 10 colors and like three brushes. Yeah. And, and it was just a kit. Yeah. And that's how I started started painting. Yeah. So. And you save money while you're yeah. initially. So yeah. especially with the holiday season coming up, I know a lot of stores, Michaels, any local art store, they're normally doing those types of kits mm -hmm. intended for either students or um young professionals that are artists. But those that's the perfect time to get bundles for yourself. Mm -hmm. Whether you're currently making work or you want to explore a new medium. That's my favorite part about the holidays. Yes, gift giving to other people, but they have these perfect packages at a discount of like, yes, I do want to sample all these different acrylic mediums where you just get like a small ounce of each, but that's all you need to start exploring, getting your toes well with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Well, speaking of art stores, <laughs> no, you just reminded me like uh, some of the stores near us, like Jerry Sardorama, will sometimes do those packages near the entrance. Mm -hmm. And it's meant for when you're going to give a gift to someone that you consider artsy in your yep. life, but you have no idea what to give them. Go to your local art store. A lot of times they'll have pre-made bundles. Yeah. You just tell them what age range and roughly what medium you think believe that person works in. And they'll be like, here's a kit and you save money on top yeah. of that with a bundle. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I loved receiving those as a kid. It's Absolutely. Like, oh, well, Cause sometimes it's something you might not have bought for yourself. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like yeah. oh, I guess now I need to try, you know, spray paint. That's how I got into using spray paint was I got it as a free, uh, like gift at, at an event paint. I did. And they were like, here's some spray paint. And I was like, all right, let's go for it. Let's see what this does. <laughs> Well, I think we all know the answer to this one, but just in case, yeah. um, if someone handed you $100 right now, uh, what would you splurge it on or invest in? It has to be something that brings you joy and is related to your art or business. The biggest canvas I could get. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the biggest canvas I could get my hands on. That's what I was splurging on. <laughs> Wait, what card did you bring? <laughs> I'm like, there's some art stores near here. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Love that. Love that. Definitely no surprise with that answer, yeah. especially if people are watching your videos or seeing your work on social media. Absolutely. Which, <laughs> yes, which before we wrap it up and say goodbye, um, what opportunities are you looking forward to coming up and how can our listeners stay connected to you after listening to this episode? Okay. Well, uh, like I mentioned, the art battles, I have one coming up this weekend, but I do them every every month. So I've been doing a bunch in Quebec City and in Boston. Um, and what else am I looking forward to? I've got a couple of art fairs on the horizon and uh, a solo exhibition at a local library next year. So some cool things going and coming down the pipeline. Very exciting. And so how can people um, stay connected to you and look at all these amazing opportunities coming your way? Well, I, I have professed my love for Instagram. So that is always <laughs> going to be that it, the algorithm the damned. That is going to be the best way to get a hold of me because that's where I love to hang out. But uh, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and TikTok and everywhere <laughs> as Amanda Jane Artworks. Awesome. And so we'll make sure that's linked in today's show notes. Fantastic. Oh, this has been a delightful conversation. We're so glad you joined us. Literally came from Canada. Yes. So freaking cool. Uh, joined us in person um, so that we can have the opportunity to talk to you about all things art career, art life with you. So much for being on the yeah, podcast today, Amanda. Super glad to be here. It's really, really a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. As always, everything that we talked about today, including Amanda's contact information, will be linked in today's show notes. 
along with our blog and links to all of our other podcast episodes. And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share some of the fun tidbits, maybe the favorite parts of this episode, <laughs> you can follow us on social media at Mitame Art across all platforms. And I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. Or you can follow the podcast at Level Up Artist on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.